Hey guys, thanks again for tuning in to yet another episode of the Conversation Podcast here at McCurdy's Comedy Theater. Today, Les and I got to sit down with the very, very funny Rob Little, who's uh, based out of uh, Detroit originally. Very funny comedian. And we got to sit down with Neil Rubenstein. He is a very funny comic from New York. He just started playing our clubs. And we talked about all sorts of stuff. We talked about getting paid in cocaine back in the 80s, all the way to nudist resorts and health insurance. So I think you guys are going to enjoy this one. And I hope you do anyway. And thanks for listening. Welcome to the conversation. <laughs> okay, uh, the conversation from the green room. This is Les McCurdy, and um, as always, uh, and I'm kind of explaining it to our comics that are sitting here too at the same time. As close as we can, we just want to try to capture the natural conversation that we would have in the green room, uh, uh, whether there were mics here or not, even though there are mics here. Uh, and um, so the two of us just ignoring each other. That's exactly right. If that's what you would normally do, that's what you do. At, at any point, if you feel like you need to get up and go do something else, you get up and go do something else. You want to bring a hooker in here? Please wow. do. Please wow. do. Please. We haven't had a hooker yet. We've had some girlfriends that look like hookers, <laughs> but we haven't had a true, a true hooker yet. So that's kind of the deal. So anyway. Uh, and, and always we get into a conversation and we realize we should have the mics on. Should we introduce ourselves first or, yes, or we, you do it? We should. Well, we should. Well, that's Rob Little who's Hi. talking right there. <laughs> nice. So you know his voice. Yes. And Neil Rubenstein. Hi. Or Stein, but he goes by Stein. But he'll go by Stein if he if he don't if care. You, he, yes. he won't fight you on it. Just spell it right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> So these guys are playing the the club, uh, the theater. We're talking about all the clubs that are like closing and reopening or being bought out. Being bought, you a know, lot of them right it's, now. It's interesting, you know. And you were just saying that the uh, the Brian down in Fort Myers who has Laugh In. Yep. And of course he's Captain Brian, right? There's Cat. Yeah. And then you then Naples. you have in Naples, you have Off the Hook Comedy Club, which is Captain Brian. Right. There were two guys. Within 30 minutes of each other, with comedy clubs, and they both were Captain Brian. Oh, and I told them, one of you sons of bitches has to get promoted. <laughs> somebody, admiral. Somebody has to be a commodore, <laughs> an admiral, yeah. or get demoted. <laughs> you know, something. Ensign, Ensign Brian. <laughs> First mate, yeah. Pirate, yeah. pirate Brian. Something. You can't have two Captain Brian. Well, I think the Fort Myers one was the only one that had it, his actual captain's license. Oh, really? Yeah, is what I was told. I don't know if that's true or not. Is that is he did he did he sell the place just so he could retire on a boat? Like he's is he He's a young guy. He's he's not that old, so he just well, was over it. I was telling you that uh the guy who had it before, Joe Galanis, great guy. And when I first got into comedy down here, uh he had he had a little he had a comedy room, and th this is early eighties. Early eighties. Mm -hmm. But he always had a dance club, a big dance club next door that's where he made his money he just liked comedy right so it was extra income something he liked to do he always did a low budget room j just weekends right. kind of a thing amuse me exactly <laughs> exactly and uh so that was that was his, that was his thing you know he didn't police the room which was weird 
and yeah. and he liked having the bar. Do you know, in most the people might not know what police the room means. Means to tell people to shut the fuck right. up. Exactly. <laughs> if they're talking during your act or interrupting the show, and yeah. uh, uh, and that's the reason, by the way, that I call our place a theater and not a club. Right. A club denotes it's that the, it's a one of a kind. Man. Other things are going on, yeah. but a theater is focused on the performance. Your your, nice. your, cl- your club is uh, is a special. It's an oasis. Yeah, there, it's there's none like there's very few like this in the country. It's all yeah. Everyone's chit chatting at tables. Security stands in the back and lets we it go. We get it. You want to be bumped up to headlights. <laughs> right. I just want to come back again as a feature. That's right. That's right. <laughs> if Dale Jones calls it a Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so anyway, uh, when you're saying he sold it, I don't know. It doesn't surprise me. Uh, it really, um, when Joe when Joe sold it to him. He did. He only took the comedy club side. He didn't take the dance club. Right. He didn't do the formula that Joe did. And so, uh, and off the hook, which is, you know, laughing was a lower budget. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, four or five show a week, mostly weekend, maybe a Thursday. You know, off the hook is a full week, right. Wednesday through Sunday. You know, a club. I mean, they bring in. Yeah. That's the kind of talent that they book. Well, it's only they're only 30, 40 minutes apart. I right. mean, they're they're pretty much in the same market. You know, Naples and Fort Myers to me is is like me with Sarasota and Bradenton. I need both cities to have a big enough city to do an A comedy room. And you need that down there. You need Fort Myers and Naples, not one or the other. Wow. Now, is Port Charlotte close to, too close for you, you think? Well, it was. I didn't like it when they opened. Right. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's an hour to yeah. get down okay. there. Okay, I thought it was close. It's an hour. Uh, it, it, it's, you know, Port the Port Charlotte Comedy Club, and they do a good job down is there, obviously. Is that the Punta the Basana. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they do a good job down because they've stayed open, and the, and the guy who originally opened it, Sold it mm-hmm. to, and they seem. I think they've had it for a year or so, and they seem to be doing all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's a dinner club, right. and, and it, they're big on eating. Yeah, you know, and uh, but uh, but that's an anomaly because generally, I think for an A comedy club that's going to do six, seven, eight shows a week, you know, that sort of thing, you need at least a half a million people. Right. You need at least that many, up to a million. Mm-hmm. And if you'll look and see successful comedy clubs, you'll find at least a half a million for a, a room to work. Yeah, up to a million. If you're going to have multiple, he means clubs, in the city, by the way. If you're going to have multiple <laughs> yeah. clubs in a market, one per million. Right. right. One per million. Like people. Tampa, a little bit. Yeah. Tampa's got Tampa's Tampa, Clearwater, St. Pete yeah. services. About two million, two and a half million people. They even get Polk County too, because right. all that yep. comes into Tampa, and they've got two clubs. Right. You know, yeah. Manhattan, ten million people. I think you got about eight or ten clubs. 10 clubs yeah. I mean, it's about that's about the way the formula works. Right. You know? And um, so uh, I, I didn't know how that was going to go for him down there. Anyway, he enjoyed it. He was and trying to do comedy too. Yeah, yep. yeah, absolutely. And uh, I started in Detroit, and we had probably ten clubs. At one time. At one time. Yeah. Now there's only yeah, it's like only a couple. Well, Ridley told me he really doesn't have any 
any uh, competition at all. Nothing. You know, you uh, is B still there? No. Nope. So that's no. the s- suburbs, though, right? We're losing the Yeah, suburbs. he's yeah. out in Oak, Royal Oak. Oak, Royal Royal Oak. Oak. Yep. Yeah, he's out, oh, what, wow. 45 minutes from uh, the city. Half hour, baby. Half hour. Yeah. yeah, that's a great club. And Ridley And Ridley runs a great run. Yeah, you know, he's awesome. You know, a lot of the the single, the the individual owner rooms, you know, Ridley, uh, you got Nick Costas up there in Cleveland, Bruce Ayers in Birmingham, um, uh, Lacey out yep. in, in, in uh, Hold on, let me take notes. Hold on, let me take notes. Let me take notes. You know, yeah. but, but, you know, those rooms are all good rooms, mm-hmm. you know, because the owners love the art form and care about it. Care about it. You know, or we'd have gotten it. I mean, that's. You know, that's what happened with the comedy boom of the 80s into the 90s. And then by the late 90s, it started falling off because the fad was over, you know. And now you had to really work a comedy club to get people in there. You you were just another form of entertainment, Mm -hmm. you know. And that's when a lot of people just went, nah, Nah. I'll open up a country bar. Yeah. Whatever's the next best thing. Whatever's hot right now. Another big club in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania, Juniors, just sold. I don't know if you've ever heard of that one. Well, but you know, you know what you got. You got that guy Mark with Helium. Yep. That's acquiring club. Yep. You got, and I just met him. God, I just can't believe I'm spacing out his name. I met him of it just for laughs in Montreal. He's a Canadian guy. That's a friend of Ridley's. Oh, um, um, the guy that owns all the comic strips. You talking about the uh, House of Comedies? I don't know. He's got like Rick th- Rick Brunson. Rick, Rick Bronson. Yes, Rick and Tammy. Yep. Mm-hmm. They have a few now. They're trying to open one in Jersey, but it's getting delayed for, it's been and years. And he told me he wants to open one in Arizona, too. He has, he one, has one. Oh, he has yeah. one in Arizona. Yep. Okay. He has Arizona and Minneapolis. Got really nice guy. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed and Edmonton, Canada. Enjoyed and him, Canada. hanging yeah. out with him. But you got a few. I'll tell you the truth. I know me and uh, uh, I mean, you, uh, Bruce Ayers was, was early on, I thought, one of the sharpest comedy club owners that, that I, I worked for around. Mm-hmm. He just brilliant. And I mean, he, he was such a good promoter. He made, he made acts stars in Birmingham when they weren't really stars. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing what, but I know asking what's Bruce. The, what's the name of that club? That's the comedy stardom. And uh, it's big, it's a 400 plus seat room. Um, That's a good. I like that city too. Yeah. It's a cool oh, it's city. a great city. It's fun. A very cool and city. Bruce is. I mean, he's he's he was a he's been a mentor for uh, Pam and I. He's and primarily urban now, though, right? Uh, you know, he, 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 to a to a point, right. urban and southern. You know, I mean, that's his market. Sure, that's his market. And um, but you know, I I know I asked Bruce at one point. But that's a real city. Yeah, oh God, yeah. I mean, I, the, over a million. Yeah. Is well, there other clubs in that? Nope. Nothing else in Birmingham. Next closest club is Atlanta. Uh, there used to be one in Huntsville. There might be a weekend. Up Mobile there. has one now. Do they or really? Just north of it. Oh. It's uh, Stand Up Live. Oh, okay. Up one time there was one in Montgomery. There was one in Mobile. Mm-hmm. Well, that uh, Mobile's far from Birmingham. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 The the first club that was in Mobile, full week long club, good club, and the guy who owned it literally left town in the middle of the night he just went in and took all the cash that that was there and disappeared i mean i never heard of anybody even hearing whatever happened 
The was guy the eight, just that was the totally 80s? disappeared. That was, uh, yeah, probably late 80s. Is he with the mob or something? Or I, no, no. Did he owe money? Don't know. Don't wow. know. Southern guys. was weird, was man. Mobile, you know? It was a weird one. Is that what Fargo's about? Like, <laughs> oh, there's, there's a lot of stories back then. But uh, yeah. but, uh, I, tell you, I asked Bruce about opening, you know, because the punchline in Atlanta, those guys tried opening multiple rooms. I think at one time they had three or Sacramento, four. Sacramento, San Francisco. Punchline and they, they ended up back to one. And I asked Bruce Sacramento's about Sacramento's still there. Sacramento and uh, Philly has a punchline. Yeah, but they're not affiliated they're, with... I think they're owned, but they're not booked by. I yeah. think they're booked by yeah. Live Nation or the something original, like that. The original punchline in Atlanta was Chris DePetta and Ron D'Annunzio. It was before Chris, though. There was an owner before Chris. No. Chris DePetta, what Ron D'Annunzio, and I'm spacing out the other guy's name. Me too. Nice guy. They were the main owners, and then Chris were, was a friend of theirs who was working with him. He was doing the booking right. and managing and that sort of thing. I, and I think he had some ownership points in it, but they were the main money guys. And then they opened a second one in Atlanta. They opened one, I think, in... Maybe Sacramento, Charleston, definitely. but that wasn't them. That oh, was okay. not Denunzio. Okay. I, I don't know how oh, right, they right. got away with the same name, but Denunzio and them opened their clubs were all in the southeast. License it, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But but they ended up back to one club. Yeah. And I know Bruce was like, you know what, man? So many times, and I've seen it happen with guys opening up. It's impressive when people can open multiple properties, mm -hmm. any yeah. type, yeah, yeah. any type, and do it successfully. I mean, yeah. it, usually one of them ends up cannibalizing the other one. Yeah. You know what I mean? For all of them to be successful. And uh, I know Bruce was like, hey, man, as far as I'm concerned, one club, that's plenty. Yeah. I can make a good living. I don't need the headache. Yeah. And wow. I know Pam and I tried multiple rooms. Right, right. And, Did you? Yeah. And... They what just, other cities? No, in this area. Oh, okay. Oh, we wow. we tried we tried one down. Well, when we were trying it was because we were in a banquet room at a Holiday Inn, only getting the door. Uh, so we weren't in a full blown comedy room yet. Right. So we tried a weekend down in Venice. Full blown. And yeah, the whole deal. And uh, you don't hear full blown. Uh, full blown. <laughs> <laughs> I like that name for a comedy club. Though. Full blown. I feel like that's never like in reference to something good. <laughs> you know, you're like, I'm full. <laughs> a full blown heroin addict, that guy. It's <laughs> a four piece. I'm full blown uh, lottery winner. No. no. <laughs> I don't think you use it like that. Anyway, I'd give it to anybody. The thing that, to me is where do you find the managers? Right. Where do you find that many managers that you can you trust? Really have to you have to really trust your employees to open multiple properties. Yes. Yeah. In, with anything, with a restaurant, with a comedy yes. club, with a nightclub, with a concert venue, you really need to you got to have a really GM to that let really go. has their shit together. And, and I, I really, there's so few owners of venues that can let go. Like, it, yeah. you invest so much time and money and effort and your life to putting up these walls and then you're just going to be like, yeah, 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 someone I known for a year and a half, you take it. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's, uh, it's very, uh, very rare that you, you get it. Like we're, we're in a, I mean, we're now 32 years here and we've got our two main managers, Marcella and Bronwyn have been with us. I think both of them have been with us like 15 years Yeah. and they're like family. 
Yeah. And so maybe so now we've you've grown could, into yeah. that. So that we are now. I mean, I'll I'll be sixty four soon. Pam just turned fifty eight, mm-hmm. and we're at the point now where you know we can we can be a little more hands off, travel more, you know, take off for two or three weeks at a time, you know, and they got it. Yeah. You know, but we're still overseeing everything. You know, yeah. you're not mm-hmm. just y'all got the cameras that you can watch from oh, yeah, across yeah, the yeah, seas. Yeah. <laughs> Ridley has that. Yeah, Mark Ridley's big one. Yeah. yeah, Mark's got uh, those cameras mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. I remember when Pam came in for the meeting, and she's like, "By the way, she holds up her phone, and she's like, I can see you, motherfuckers.'" <laughs> <laughs> and everybody was like, "Oh fuck, like, this, <laughs> nice. this is like a reality TV show." See you and hear you. <laughs> yeah, and hear you. And exactly. hear you. It's crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what about uh, Daryl Lennox? Wasn't he doing the Yuck Yucks deal or something? Daryl has been. He's a comic. He is a comic. Yeah. Daryl has been working on um, uh, a partnership with some investors to buy the Yuck Yucks chain. Really? I didn't know this. Yeah, it's been going on for probably years. two Almost yeah. two years. Yeah. year and a wow. half. They. To buy the Yuck Yucks chain and then come mm. into the United States and start acquiring clubs. Yeah. And what Daryl and Daryl said, I I want all the clubs to be like this club. I want yeah. your club to be the template. Mm. They sh- he goes, that's his whole thing. All comedy clubs should be run like this. Yeah. It's, it's the it, and good ones are. Yeah. <laughs> As now put, you're talking off mic. Well, he's, put, <laughs> he's putting his pants on. <laughs> so we're walking around in his underwear. We got to listen to him. Uh, no. Uh, no. You can hear it. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you what, man. To open a comedy club now, I mean, just to go into a market where. I mean, there's a bunch of great markets that used to have great comedy clubs. Savannah's one of them. Charleston, South Carolina, in the southeast. There's a couple of great markets mm-hmm. that to go in there, you don't have a database. Right. You know, you don't have any way to put butts in seats unless people buy tickets. And we all know that you're lucky to get a third of your crowd buying tickets when yeah. it's just a regular when it's just right. a regular sh- when there's not a celebrity attached to the right. to the show and uh, so you got to hustle people in you need a database and that sort of thing man i mean i would not feel comfortable like if i was going to go into a savannah and open up a room i would not feel comfortable if i didn't have at least a million five there's a guy just literally tried to open a club in savannah yeah and Gave up, couldn't do it. You, you well, the the wormhole does like a one night a week. Yeah, That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you you need some serious money to go into a major market and open a comedy club because you're gonna have to spend some money that first year, year and a half, mm-hmm. just to build audience. You're not gonna make it. You sh- you probably won't make it. Right, but uh, restaurants are that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you know. five years usually, right? Is yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's crazy. Yeah. Hmm. You know, but uh, but hey, you know, I mean, still a lot of clubs out there. That's good. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's just the flip side of it. From when I got into the business in the eighties, there's, you know, back then there weren't that many comedians. You know, right. when we first started, you know, yeah. and I started late 90s when you were saying that everything was kind of fizzling out. 
and people were telling me that all the time. But in Detroit, there were so many. Clubs. Oh, by the by, the late nineties, there were there were tons of comedians. So it was like know, still I mean, super fun to me. I thought. Yeah. Everybody's like, "Oh, you started way at the wrong time," and I'm like, "Really? This seems like the yeah. best time." I feel like they said to everybody though. Just yeah. <laughs> well, that's you know when I got into it, I came from an acting background, and that's where I have my degree. And and uh, I remember just, I mean, even I mean, we opened the club in '88, and. Uh, and, and I was telling comics back then, I was going, guys, this uh, this phenomenon that we're experiencing right now ain't going to last. Yeah. And right now, and, and you know, we still don't have a ton of comedians out there. I'm telling you, in 10 years, there'll be 100 comics for every job. And is that when you all snorted lines? Or is it, how did that work back then? <laughs> <laughs> okay. that I, I don't know. That's Snore all line. I ever heard is everybody got to do... Awesome drugs. Well, I tell you what, I tell you what the deal was. The, the, <laughs> first, did, the first guy that owned the comedy clubs in Florida was a guy named John Cochran, and uh, he passed away a few years ago. Nice guy and great clubs. He had Tampa, he had Sarasota, he had St. Pete, and then later he opened a club in Gainesville. I think he had something in Miami. He was OJ's lawyer. He was totally, total criminal. <laughs> I said Johnny total, Cochran? Yeah. Johnny Cochran. <laughs> total criminal. <laughs> straight laced, looked like a banker, you know, straight laced looking guy. Ran a great comedy club, you know. He could have owned comedy in Florida, no problem, and made buku money if he had just stuck to that. But all of his clubs were just fronts for cocaine. Really? <laughs> and Damn. and you don't so, think he made money doing that? <laughs> well, you make money, but you eventually get arrested. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, it, it, it's just a matter of time. Right. You know. <laughs> And uh, he pulled it off for several years before he got popped. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, after he was in, in business for a couple of years, all of a sudden uh, he had a partner, Brother B, from Columbia, you know. And you go in to get paid, and it's true, you go in to get paid, and they'd owe you $600. <laughs> and B would pay you. And he'd go, he'd pay you, he'd go, there's 100, 200, 300, and four grams. And you go, B. <laughs> He goes, but that's more. I gave you a bonus. I said, yeah, but I have to sell coke to get my money. Right. right. You know, I, I don't want to sell coke to get my money. Back. I've heard a few guys tell these stories. You know, and stories. then and then he would and then he he kind of him haul around. He go, okay, and he reach in the drawer and give me four more grams. Oh my god! He just give you more, give more coke. He goes, hey, here you go. I said, it's a good bonus. Sell more cocaine. B. No. Yeah. They always paid us, but they always try. And, a lot, of course, a lot of the guys were happy to take half yeah. of the pay in coke. I'm sure, yeah. You know. That's but the stories I heard. The guys were, we were this was awesome. We had a long drive ahead of me. When they had a club in St. Pete, it was a place called Tierra Verde, which is a, it's a, it's a marina. And it, it's a yacht, I mean. Yeah. And back then, the com there were two showrooms on the property. The comedy club would hold about 250 And then they had another room that probably set four or 500 and they did jazz. Jazz was real hot in the eighties, and they had they had Stanley Clark and Jean Luc Ponty, and uh, I mean, really heavy jazz people in there. I like that you're looking at us like we should know those. It people. was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome, and it, it was a beautiful. It was one of those where you showed up, and you're you're staying in a two bedroom condo there, and it's gorgeous. Right. It's just stunning on the water. It's unbelievable. Really? You know. So the first night we have a party. And uh, for after the show, you know, 
couple dozen people ended up at the condo with me and the headliner and and uh, and there was coke and drinking and pot and blah 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 just fucking around. Right. So the next day, the next day about noon, uh, knock on the door. I was I just happened to just get up, and there's a guy standing there, and he goes, uh, "Hey man, I was at the party last night." I go, "Oh okay, <laughs> whatever, you know what what what's up?" He goes, "Do you need any coke?" And I said, "No, no no no." He goes, "I'm not selling it. Do you need any?" I said, let me get this right. If I say yes, you're just going to put some cocaine on the coffee table and leave? He goes, exactly. I go, go ahead. <laughs> put it on the coffee table. I'm sure somebody will do something with it. He right. goes, okay. So he walks over there. He throws a couple grams on the coffee table. And he goes, just want to make sure you guys are cool. You didn't run out. He goes, I'm down in 47. You know, if you need, if you need it, you just let me know. You know, <laughs> party on. You know, wow. walked away. Really? Yes. Yeah. You must have threw a hell of a party. <laughs> what we did. We were just funny. We were just yeah, funny. Yeah. Comedy yeah. was the shit back then. Wow. You know, in the 80s. Rock All comics were, just about all comics were stars in the 80s yeah. because nobody was comedians. Yeah. There weren't that many of us, you know. Yeah. So, yes, there was a ton of cocaine in the 80s all coming through here. Uh, sure. South Florida. You oh, know. yeah. It was all coming through here. So, yeah, you had a lot of that shit. But the goof is, again, Cochran could have made $5 million. So did he get busted? Oh, yeah. He did. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually, they, you know, they, you know, after a while, you know, they, were, they had been watching them, and, and they, uh, they, they busted them at, at the comedy club in, that he had in Tampa. Wow. Uh, came in, there was a big bust. That's crazy. Da, 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 you know. Did you know Craig Stanford? No. Stanford's and Sons in Kansas City. Oh, oh, no, I didn't. You know, I never played that club. John Penny was the guy that was, wasn't he the comic that was that was a house MC? And Maybe, yeah. A, he was a touring comic, yeah. too. Yeah, because I knew he other comics that away. worked it. Yeah, yeah. Like last year. That was supposed to be a pretty good room. It was. It was great. What room was that, I missed it. Stanford and Sons in Kansas City. They had three of them at one point, and then they fizzled out. Then the dad opened one, because the dad and the son Oh, there's just were, one left, right? There's, I don't know which ones. I think it's even closed. A new club just opened up in Kansas City called yeah, the Comedy oh, yeah. Club. Oh, because the, the guys at the Looney Bin were talking about that, that they're trying to – the people who ran that are maybe – or maybe the Comedy Club are trying to do something in Oklahoma. That's the military guy that you're talking about. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot what that one's called now. But, yeah, yeah he's got crazy st- – well, he had – they wrote a book about him and stuff, and they were trying to sell a movie about oh. it and stuff. About how he used to sell the coke and all that, uh, and then the feds caught him and they used him to catch other drug dealers. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, it was insane. Oh. I guess we're starting the show, huh? Yeah, we're gonna keep going. All right, we keep talking. Yeah, we keep talking. Okay. Yeah. We're on cocaine uh, tonight. So. Fedora night? I didn't forget to bring mine. <laughs> it looks awesome. always fedora night for <laughs> for less. <laughs> like no bomb. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is like a lot of pressure. Feel yeah. like this is pressure. Like this is a lot of pressure. Like we have to keep up a what? conversation, and then like I'm on in 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah, you don't even get to think. You just gotta go around. He there. was mediating so well that we couldn't. <laughs> we didn't really have to talk. Yeah, he just drops cocaine on us and he leaves. You know? Yeah, it's weird. I think I brought that up though. No. That's all I've ever heard. <laughs> the crazy stories. Those crazy stories. Yeah. Yeah. I lived with a Florida comic for a while, and that's he told me so many. Crazy stuff. Oh, 
It was nuts. Do you work other Florida clubs down here too? Well, I probably shouldn't say that in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not yet. Yes, no. Not well. I've I've done. Uh, I featured at uh, Laughing. I'm going mm. back next month, and then yeah, I had my first weekend. Did you did you write them and double check? Yeah, I wrote him, and he was like, "Yeah, I sold the club to this other guy. He'll get in touch with you." I was like. No. Did he tell you his name? Because if not, I can give it to you. He just told me his name. Oh, okay. No info though. No he like contact back on info. Facebook and everything. So just check it. So it's a new new club owner. Yeah. New manager, new staff, and everything too. Everything or? new. Wow. So yeah. they just cleaned house in there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's weird. A little more than I'd wanted actually. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah. Anyways. Oh. I, uh, What's it looking like out there tonight? Did anybody go look? It's packed. It is? Yeah, it's like Sweet. 240 on the books or something, 250 on the books. Oh, that's Last nice. night was fucking good. I had a good... Were you here? Yeah. I didn't even... See, did I was I in the back you? of the room. Yeah, you walked by me and you were like, what's up, dude? And I oh, like, oh, well, I didn't even... Okay. Yeah. I reckon Why I didn't you introduce year. yourself, you jerk? Well, because you, you just got off and you were like sweating and you were like, I just uh, murdered the audience and I was like, I'm just going to let you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I posted that photo on Instagram last night and uh, a guy I know, an older gentleman that I used to work with, he, uh, <laughs> which photo? I took a photo from there. Oh, yeah. Posted on Instagram. Do you I didn't repost see it. it. It's all right. Yeah. Is it of us? It's of you. Oh, what was I doing? No, you're looking handsome. Something looking dumb. like a good looking you're guy. Looking good, yeah. You jerk. I don't even know what you're talking about. And, uh, oh, Les the McCurdy's reposted oh, it. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. But whatever, my buddy saw it and he was like, oh, I saw him on a cruise ship. He was so good, we went the second night. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so there you go. That's pretty cool. Did they laugh just as hard the second time? Or? <laughs> it wasn't as good. <laughs> I like, did we different shows every He's like, show. we went the second night, and then we're like, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> we're done with comedy now. <laughs> okay, what's your Instagram, Neil? I can't find it. Uh, at Neil Rubenstein on Instagram. Is it really? You got Neil Rubenstein? Yeah. Man, that's pretty good. Yeah. I try, I try to get Neil Rubenstein, but I get <laughs> I got it. It's the pronunciation. It's taken. Do you spell Neil N-E-A-L? N-E-I-L. That's why. <laughs> and if you guys want to find me on YouTube, it's Neil Rubenstein Reviews It. Yeah, what have you been doing on there with the... Just reviews right now. Well, I have like a bunch of other like stuff. Is it like funny, like comedic reviews of, some, of stuff? Or? I mean, they're... There's <laughs> funny to them. <laughs> I don't see no picture of me. No, on my story. Is it like accidental funny? Like, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm an idiot, so... Yeah, How do you find it? Huh? How do you find it? You ever use Instagram? Yeah, but I don't know. I'm uh, looking at your pictures and it's not oh, there. Oh, my story, my story. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> click, on the, <laughs> click on the icon. Click on the my circle. Okay. Grandpa. Did you call me grandpa? <laughs> Someone showed grandpa how to use Instagram. You know what? I don't know how to use I'm it. Probably, I'm probably older it's than you. It's not coming up, jerk. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it's not coming up, jerk. You oh, then it maybe expired. I did that already. Maybe it expired. <laughs> Oh, maybe it expired. Oh, check your mentions. <laughs> Such a jerk. Check your, check your emails, your messages. Just start yelling at your phone oh, until it does what you want. Siri, <laughs> Siri, show me the damn picture. Show me the pictures. I, I, am looking at all of. No, no, go to the messages. It'll say Neil mentioned it, right? Oh, there it is. I see it. There you go. Whoa, what is this thing? <laughs> Waxing nostalgic. Ah, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Uh, oh, I don't like that. You don't like the picture? <laughs> no. <laughs> I gotta learn how to do this. I've n- I've don't I've never done these. Instagram? No, but like yes, Instagram. I just post pictures. Oh, but yeah. I've never done the stories on. Yeah, Instagram's pushing the stories because they want to crush how Snapchat. Do you, so yeah. how do you how do you post a story? Just the, your circle. I like, sound hit like your an circle. idiot, man. <laughs> you hit, okay. You hit the circle. Hit your button. circle. I'm at it. Hit the X button. Hit, <laughs> hit your story. circle. Add a story. Got it. Hit the triangle button. Circle. You ever play PlayStation? It's like that. Hit your circle. <laughs> Why can't you just do it from a picture you already posted? And then and then L R, L R. Oh up. my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm up there. Down, Share up on down. Instagram. Enable camera access. Enable microphone. But why why can't I just go from can you select a yeah, picture? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah okay. <laughs> I'm gonna throw a punch both of you guys. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see how you Yeah. Why but what I'm saying is why can't you just you, you know can. on Facebook you you can you can you add a story or you add a picture and you say add it to story right away. Oh, uh, you because uh, uh, they're trying to do two different things. Isn't uh, Instagram owned by Facebook, though? Yeah, but Facebook isn't trying to crush Snapchat. Instagram's yeah. trying to crush Snapchat. Why don't they just buy it? That's what they do everything else. They just maybe acquire they, Maybe Snapchat doesn't want to sell. They see mm. more money. Maybe. How does Snapchat make money? Ads? Do they have ads? I don't know. I've never really seen ads on Snapchat. That's a good question. How does Snapchat <laughs> make money? I didn't know how Facebook made money for the longest time. Ads. And they're like, oh, yeah, ads, okay. Because at first there were like no ads. Yeah. But then you had to pay to show your stuff to people. Yeah. That's why I don't mess with Facebook because as a content creator, they want you to post your stuff for free on their platform to boost their platform. Yeah. And then if you want more eyeballs on your stuff, you have to pay them to show it to people that are already following you. To boost it. They're already following me. I did the work. Yeah, yeah. I did the work. I got the followers according to your rules. Now you're not letting me show the things that these people click to see to see. Is it because it's not showing up in their feed? Yeah, because their algorithm is whatever, and then they suppress things. Like if you write the word YouTube in your post, they don't show it to anybody. That's fuck. what are you talking about? Facebook being a shitty platform oh. for artists, for well, creators. Let's bring back uh, MySpace. What do you say? I'm in. Let's go. Oh my god, I go back to Friendster. I'll go back to, <laughs> to Makeout Club. Yeah, I'll go back to Instant Messenger. <laughs> well, I'll go AOL. back. I'll what? go back to my two-way pager. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, Facebook has been doing some shit like that. Didn't they just get a bunch of trouble? I didn't pay, pay attention to that. So. Yeah, it's uh, because of that whole the voting thing, the yeah. fake news thing. They were showing people the. Because their algorithm is so fine-tuned, yeah, and they had given the information to somebody, and then they they got fined like five billion dollars or something, which is like for like, Facebook is like uh, yeah imaginary money. Yes, <laughs> we'll just print that money real quick. Hold on, it's crazy, crazy. Zuckerberg, they sound great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know I'll if ruin it. I don't know if it's uh, we're getting this much attention because Louis coming or something, but who? <laughs> yeah, I heard I heard this dude Hurricane Louis coming, but uh, that's gonna be crazy. That's yeah, it's awesome. He's got eight shows all sold out. 
the staff here is going to implode, and we're all going to murder each other by the end of the week. But oh, yeah, because you're here. Yeah, we don't get a break. We're going all the way through oh, the whole man. week. This Wednesday? Doing 21 shows. Next Sunday. Yeah. Straight. And then we have to close with Drag Queen Bingo as the la- as the, the Sunday show. Is that what you're sticking around for, Neil? Is that yeah, <laughs> it's, it's another drag. <laughs> drag Queen Bingo. Man. Look at that back. How old are you? You yeah. son of a bitch. Jesus. You're right. Is that a bit? That's hilarious. That is a good idea. It's, yeah. Well, drag queens are like purposely offensive too. Like they can they can get away with anything. You know, they can be racist. They can be. You know, they can make fun of fat people. To their face, <laughs> and, and everybody's just like, "Wow, amazing, huh?" You can you can make fun of fat people still if you're fat though, right? Oh really? I didn't know that. That's amazing. You know what group does not get support is swingers. <laughs> I'm not, and I'm not saying that to be funny. It's true. Like uh, gay, lesbian, transsexual, all that. Oh, there's but no swingers, S. Swingers, nothing. They it's actually still taboo, looked down upon, and it's swinging, huh? Yeah, but isn't everybody like polyamorous now? We're like, oh, I don't That's believe in another relationships. Reason. Another reason it shouldn't be looked down upon. Like yeah, swinging. Yeah. Do they still have like swinger parties and stuff? Oh my god, I work a ton of their events. That's why. Oh really? That's why I was like sticking up for them because the things that um, has happened recently with some groups, it's just ridiculous. You gotta, you gotta join the LGBTQIA a plus sign S. Mm-hmm. Yeah, S Prince swingers. Yeah, swingers, man. So you you work their events like what's I've that? I've worked like? several like cruise ships that were swinger events. Uh, I've been several clubs. Yeah. Nudist resorts. I've done a bunch. Really? Of that. Yeah. What's it like to do work in a nudist resort? It's Can you be dressed? I, I, I told them you're supposed to have a license to perform nude. Oh. And if you're getting paid and you're com- performing nude, it's considered erotic entertainment. Doesn't matter uh, what you're going to be a juggler. Doesn't right. matter. But the first <laughs> juggler, the first one I did, <laughs> I told them I wasn't doing it. And then they told me the show started at six and it didn't start till like eight or nine. And they just kept feeding me drinks. And by the time the show started, I was like, let's let's start the music. And I was naked already. Are you serious? Yeah. Because so they made you take the tour. You had to do the tour naked. Oh, okay. If you, if you do a tour, yeah. Wow. But you know what? It wasn't – it was not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, drinks help, but <laughs> yeah, – I'm, I'm sober, and I got a little dick. So well, you know. they wouldn't even give a sh- – they don't care. They don't care? No. No, there's, there's no tons p- of that. You'd fit it right in. There's no judging. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let me change my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Take them on the road with you. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So you did, you did like a whole stand-up? Like naked? I've done a few of them now, yeah. Just completely naked? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's. Uh, I did one where it did not go well. Really? Yeah, oh, and then I started oh. really turtling up on that one. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> bombing naked. I had like this Mexican lady just just heckling me and would not, she was relentless. And normally, I've never had a problem with hecklers. But yeah. when you're naked, <laughs> you're, you're, it's a whole different beast. Because you're vulnerable. Yeah. Like and you're, she started calling me out. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, you're not, you're not growing now, are you? And I'm like, Oh my God. I know. Damn. 
It was a nightmare. Was she like awful to look at though? Little yes, Mexican lady? she was, and that's why I was giving it back to her. But you look like a jerk if you're ripping on a woman, but they can rip yeah. on you all night and no yeah. big deal. Yeah, that's weird. Man, so is there like nudist swinger? Yes, but you know what? The nudists don't want to be, like, most of them are not swingers. They're just nudists. They're just about com- being comfortable. Being comfortable, right. But there's a lot of them that are swingers, but they do not talk about it in front of the nudists. Well, that's so weird. Yeah. Like, it's, like, shameful about scary. about switching partners, huh? I guess, yeah. Wow. So do swingers have sex with their uh, actual partner, too? Yeah. Or they, and they just oh, swap yeah. around? Yep. Fun. It was like prearranged. It's sort not of thing. like though. It's not like you walk in and go, "You come here." It's not like that. It's more like you're at like a, a club and you meet another couple and you kind of dance and get yeah. to know them. And then, I mean, it's rarely like, "Hey, let's go." Yeah, yeah. That's weird. I mean, it's not. It's not weird. I shouldn't. I have to stop saying. It's that. different. It's different. It's definitely different. It's different. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. They don't have any representation. Like people still no. look at that as taboo. No. Yeah, but polyamorous is such a big thing now. I, I don't know, man. Dude, every person matter. that's like 21 and below is polyamorous, it seems. That's what they say. Which I think is just like a cop-out probably, right? Just, just don't want to commit. No one, and like they don't want to be called a slut. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or a man whore. <laughs> that doesn't bother us as much. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> what are you going to hurt my feelings? <laughs> You know what I hate is when a girl will come up, and I don't know if you ever had this. You're married, so you probably don't hear it as often. But a girl will come up and go, oh, you probably have a girl in every city. Yeah. And, it's like, and I'm like, oh, so you probably screw every comedian that comes in. Then, huh? Yeah, like, right. It's just a rude thing to say. They don't think nothing. Oh, I didn't mean it. Like, Oh, really? Yeah. Because yeah. if I said the same thing to you, you'd be so pissed off right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. You fuck every comedian that comes through, right? right. She's like, you just probably have a yeah. little slut in every city you go to. That's a compliment, though, maybe. Do you want to be for this city or not? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. that's horrible. Yeah, join my email list. <laughs> yeah, you want to be Port Sarasota or what, baby? <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's funny. How long do we got to do this? <laughs> Until it gets awkward. It's just on all night. How long do we have to do this? It's a forced podcast. <laughs> so now, do you set up the one for after too? No, no, that's a different guy. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so weird. Why would they need another guy that does the exact same thing? I don't know. It's because they live stream it from the booth and everything. Oh, okay. So it's on YouTube and everything. Oh, wow. So it's actually it's cool. We're doing. We're just trying to do something that different. Other yeah. clubs aren't really. I've doing. I've never seen a club do that. No. And we've gotten some good traction so far on the on the podcast. People actually are. I thought like people were gonna be like, "What the fuck are they gonna listen to this for?" Yeah. And then well, like, I feel that about every podcast. Well, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Is but then podcast. it's it's you find that it's mostly it's like real comedy fans. They really want to know what we're talking about back here. Yeah. And they just assume. Sometimes it's really funny. Sometimes it's like weird, and like controversial, and like conspiracy. I'll tell you, <laughs> a, a cool green room to be in is the Laugh Factory in Vegas. Really, I, I play that one a couple of times a year, and yeah. I'm telling you, they got liquor everywhere. They got awesome old pictures of all the comedians that have come through, wow. and then comedians stop in all the time. Oh, that's so cool. like big names. You'll be hanging out, and all Louis Anderson or Brian Regan or somebody will stop in wow. and just hang out. And then they like one night, like um, the guy that books at Harry, he um, isn't a comedian, been around forever. He um, will have like karaoke, and all these comedians oh. stop in and just sing karaoke. It's so no fun. Shit. 
You create um, like a hangout. Like a, it's like a fun hangout. It's a huge, it's a huge green, green room, room, like big yeah. couches and shit. Really? Yeah. yeah. Cool. There's tons of food and drinks and. Yeah. Damn, that sounds amazing. It's neat. Yeah. 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 We they don't do this. They don't do a. Podcast. They don't do podcasts. No. Oh. Karaoke. No podcast. Yeah. Now you add that here, people are going, and you got to make it into a video cast. Yeah. Right. That one's always fun, I think, because it's like. The YouTube the, one after the, the, the audience actually sticks around. What is he talk? What is he asking? He just interview. That's like an actual interview. To me, I feel like it's still gonna be him talking the whole time, right? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, because I mean, is there any questions to yeah. us? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's the only one that can host this podcast without <laughs> making it awkward. Like, every yeah. time he leaves, I'm always like, so, is it like that every time? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because he he just takes over. Well, he, he I mean, he go like he he's a very. Uh, He's a charismatic guy. Type A kind of thing. Yeah, he was he was like talking. He was like very engaging and very entertaining. And then like, probably does have a lot. Like he walked onto stage like he was like wrapping up with us and just up the stairs. I was like, wait, what? That was seamless. Yeah, it's it's hilarious to me. You can't. You you guys take care. Hi, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. I think I need to get like Uh, in the zone. Yeah, it's weird. Some some comics need to. Some, and some comics say they need to, but then I feel like they get warmed up just from having conversation a little bit. Yeah, this helps, yeah. And get a little, like, looser, I guess. Well, we'll find out in... Uh, we'll find out, right? Two to 12 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know when he's going to get off. You never know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's always... It's fun, though. He wanted to do one, which I was like, eh, maybe it'll work. He wanted to, to uh, mic the bar. Just okay. mic up the bar and just listen. So we would like edit down that sounds the like they're shit just talking. To watch their bar people. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> we would just edit down like the shit talking between the bartenders, the servers, and like the customers and shit. Yeah. And I was like, I don't. That's also, like a legal thing. Yeah. It's a little weird. Is it a legal thing? Like, uh, I don't. Go for it. Don't think so. I think you, you could just record people without their permission. Well, our our uh my, our uh. Like our closed circuit television stuff has microphones in it. So, yeah. Yeah, but you can't release that to the public. No, we couldn't. So we'd have to like sign people. Like, like, like I don't know. I don't know how it works. That's why I was like, uh, I don't think that's a good idea. But I think this is a this is a second party consent, or I don't think this is a first party consent. So I know California is you have to have people release their stuff. Wow. But I think that you can just record people here, especially on your own property. I hate to do this, but I want to go sit out and yeah. like calling out stuff if you guys say anything that I want to call back. Uh, you don't, but anyone less does. Wait, I don't understand what you said. So you're leaving I'm me alone? Yes. <laughs> and then I'm going to go on stage in two seconds. That's all right. You'll just shut it off. Right? Yeah. We'll just oh, you just shut it off? Yeah, we'll just pause it. Oh, yeah, pause it. You want to pause it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we'll come back, right? Yeah, we'll come back. I want to watch your set anyway. After this break. I want to watch your set. All right, we'll be back. What was Jeff Wax's new We're and uh, the one upper is new? Oh, the one up thing. Yeah, yeah if That's you did the, the nine. I even told that show on stage that one upper joke. Nice. I haven't even done it at a mic or anything. That was brand new. Oh, nice. It worked fine. Yeah, fine. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'll punch, yeah. it, I'll punch it up some. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> it's always great when when something gets a couple of laughs yeah. right out of the box. I, yeah, I know where know? I am. Yeah. Keep those. Let's get them get close together. Nice. See if I can expand on it. Nice. It's good, yeah. And it feels like a real story. I mean, right. it, most of it's real anyway, but it feels like I'm just right, right. telling them a story. So I feel like it went well. It's kind of your demeanor. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 And then the Afterlife stuff is new. I did that yesterday. I did it once in Oklahoma last weekend. So I'm getting the idea mm-hmm. where those jokes are. There's something funny about the Mormon and the Scientologists thinking each other are idiots. I gotta get it. I gotta get it so much closer to. I gotta, because each of those things is like three sentences and three, and there's no laughs. Yeah. I gotta, right. Right. There's right. like a little bit of a recognition laugh when I say Scientologists because everyone kind of thinks they're like idiots. Right. Yeah. But I gotta get that closer together. You know what I love about a bit like that is that once you once you establish it and get the the, the just the couple of them working. I mean, it can just, you can keep adding to it because there's so many religions that have crazy or what you would deem crazy beliefs, you know. And there's all, like, I can, like, add conspiracy theories and all these things, like. Flat Earth. Yeah, well, I mentioned Flat Earth, but but I could take that out and put it, like, I could say vampires. Right, you know what I mean? Right. I can say whatever I want there. Right, right. I, it doesn't have to be my brother. It could be a toothless lady on the subway. Like, right. I can just keep yeah. I can keep pulling, like, uh, if they like the brother, then I can separate a little bit. And then I can see how extreme I can get right. with that character. And what they're telling me is real, that I believe them, like, right. you know, like, the if the toothless woman on the subway says Godzilla exists... Then I can be like, oh, see, I knew it. Uh, <laughs> you believe in dinosaurs? Why can't I believe in Godzilla? And like, or like, see yeah. where they—not that in particular. That's probably not funny, but but yeah, no, but no, that no. idea that like that um, uh, the accordion, like sure. I can expand and yeah. it doesn't work, close back up. Exactly, I exactly. Up. I think that's the beauty of like hyperbole, though. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's well, like you can do whatever you want with it, yeah. really. Yeah. That's I'll, that's what I always like to do with any bit is is that just. Once you kind of get some, especially if there's if it's kind of a story type of thing, it's truly not a one liner. And I enjoy just getting on the internet and starting to research, you know, anything about that because it, it you know, it is when you when you go down that rabbit hole, yeah, you're gonna find it, 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 it just stuff starts coming up that yeah. just writes itself. I mean, yeah. it, 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 more bizarre than you could have ever come up with in your own head. Sometimes, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And once you establish three or four belief systems that you know are really, I mean, you know, like the Mormon thing, you go that's with Mormons, the only there's a there's that limited number of people that get to go to heaven, I think, yeah. I think it's oh, under no, that's that's how Jehovah's Witness. Scientology. It's a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, it's but Scientology and, 125,000 or something. Yeah, yeah. There's a limited number. But Scientology too, there's only a certain amount of souls in the universe. That's right. right. Yeah, they get to go. So yeah. what's the attraction? You know what I mean? To like Ego. everybody else. Yeah, exactly. You know, Ego, when you go, yeah, I'm I'm one of those. I'm the special one. Yeah. <laughs> For real. <laughs> That's what Jehovah's Witness is all about. Like, yeah, that's why that's like part of the uh, of the scam, in my opinion, is that like you have to recruit X amount of people to even be considered to be one of the hundred fifty thousand that are saved. Right. Which right, is like right. hilarious to me. Like, I right. Know. I mean, uh, look, it's a Ponzi I, scheme. Yeah. <laughs> Kinda. I mean, I'm genuine about that part of the joke. I don't crap on anyone's beliefs. Yeah. You believe? Yeah, sure. You believe, I believe Absolutely. Whoever. I'm not gonna. I don't want to. Especially like, I feel bad like the flat earther. Like, he believes something that he can't prove, 
and we believe stuff we can't prove. But why is he the biggest idiot? Yeah. You oh, exactly. Because like, he's an idiot. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, the only to thing to be fair, probably, but to me, I feel I feel for them. Yeah. To me, the only thing that is that, is that if your belief system. Infringes. Demonizes everyone else. Right. If you right. infringe on someone else, yeah. So it's like if yeah. you don't believe the way right. I believe, right. you die. You go to hell. You right. what? You right. demonize right. them. Right. Then you know. Right. Uh, and and that, that, that's that's where a lot of the bullshit and the uh, violent shit in the world happens. Yeah. In the Middle East. Although I heard Jimmy Carter talk once about you know his his um, uh, foundation. Uh, what they mainly do is because I, I didn't realize I saw him in an interview I think with Charlie Rose uh, his foundation goes to where there are civil wars yeah. where, where, where and they try to help them negotiate a peace right. that, that's like one of the main things the Carter Foundation does and he was talking about he goes you know if you you ask the public how many countries are at war right now, you would probably say six or seven or you yeah, know what I mean. Yeah. He goes, "There's like a hundred. He goes, yeah. there, "There's that many civil wars going on all the time." Yeah, and he goes, "Let me tell you something. They'll they'll throw up that it's religion, you know, especially like places like the Middle East or what. That it's a religious thing." He goes. I have never seen one that wasn't about money. Yeah. He goes, when Reed. it comes down to brass tacks, it's about who has control of a piece of property that has important mineral rights or a, or a water yeah. passageway yeah. or something yeah. that is tied to money. Yep. You know. Look at the Congo. Right. And he goes, the leadership, he goes, that's how they'll get their people fired up right. to kill the other side is they'll use religion as a way to fire them up. Yeah. But the leadership on the top's just trying to control yeah. a piece of land, you know, or whatever for money. Yeah. Uh, uh, like the, the Congo is a perfect example of that only because, like, with the resources that they have, you would think that they'd be the the number one country in the world. Well, you know, but it's a vested interest in destabilizing that government. The uh, uh, when I went to I went to Tanzania. Well, is it all diamonds? Is it all diamonds there? Or it's something? lithium diamonds. They have every single raw resource that you would ever, right. and they they fuel the planet with it. So it's a vested interest from all these other right. groups to go. Congo is the real life Wakanda. Desta- yeah, to destabilize right. the whole region. They have vibranium. Because yeah, exactly. They have vibranium? Right. Basically, I'm surprised they don't. Yeah, it's well insane. because they're, they're. I think from what I understand is, and I understood this when I went to Tanzania, is that the general population in most of those areas were uh, uh, the native uh, people were like the Native Americans here. They didn't have a vested interest in making money. No, that wasn't where they were at. They were, they they liked their life, you know, living off the land that they had done for generations, yeah. you know, and that that's what that's all they wanted, you know. Well, then of course, at a point, Western society comes in there and realizes, well, these people are going to be very easy to exploit. 
Oh, yeah. Very easy. They didn't know that they were selling And that's exactly what they did. And I know when we were in Tanzania, uh, my my brother-in-law is a Lutheran minister, and they they do... uh, Oh, Lutherans, they're the dumb ones. They are. (laughs) They are. They do. They want to speak speak Latin, but they never could really figure it out. (laughs) Um, But uh, so... But but they, they they got attached to a group there and they were sending them money and stuff to build a school and a church and da, da, all this other stuff. Yeah. So he really got hipped out to how corrupt everything was over there. And and uh, when we went over, he was explaining to us, he was like, you know, Tanzania and Kenya and South Africa are three of the most advanced countries and they're yeah. backwards as shit and, yeah. you know the in and it's because the reason is because Kenya and Tanzania has the Serengeti right which is a huge yeah. tourist drive yeah. so they have and they have Mount Kilimanjaro oh so you've got I was gonna say that I knew that I know yeah, facts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you've got a lot of tourism so you have to keep your country somewhat together or yeah. tourists won't come there if it's not safe well it's not safe it's not safe it's not safe and uh, because of the extreme poverty yeah. and I know uh, Brian was explaining to us my brother-in-law he said the easiest way to keep most of the population under the thumb of a small leadership, no public transportation. No public transportation. Uh. If you don't have public transportation, the people can only trade as far as they can walk. Right, and they can't organize either. They can't organize. Yeah. They can't organize. They can't, they can't move goods, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you keep that in a very small, a very few hands, you know, and you know it, it was just like that simple. Yeah, that makes and, sense. Well, that's uh, uh, you guys know. Are you guys familiar with Robert Moses? Uh huh. So Long Island, uh, all our highways and parks were designed by this guy Robert Moses. Oh, okay. And he was super racist. <laughs> so all his parkways are like super narrow, windy. With low overpasses, so buses can't take them. Oh. Wow. So you stop the public, stop transportation. public transportation. That's some evil genius that shit right there. That's some evil genius yes, shit. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because it's subtle. That's the, it's that's the subtle. most subtle racism. Uh-huh. Yeah. uh-huh. That's racism that, like, people don't even notice you're doing it. Like, oh, we'll do low bridges so it's beautiful and, and it yeah. blah, 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 and it's windy so the sun's never in your eyes for too long and yeah. it's along the coast. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, that sounds great. And like, oh, but how do the, how do the people commute? They're like, yeah. oh, oh, you need to afford a car. Yeah. <laughs> you need a sports car that can yeah. handle windy roads. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's insane. Exactly. It is. It is. Man. It's incredible, you know. Uh, the... Uh, I mean, when I was researching uh, Tanzania before we went, I look at the demographics. The average, now it's been 15 years ago or so that we went, Mm -hmm. the average life expectancy of a man and a woman in Tanzania, a man is 42, woman is 45, average life expectancy. Holy shit. Something like 
60 to 70 percent of the population is teenager. Yeah. Really? Well, yes. Isn't it is. there like a thing? It's like a child soldier thing there. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like it skews the number real bad. Like, it's like if you live past 17, you'll probably live to 70. But you won't get to 17. Right, so that, like, right. it, I think it's something like, it's like one of those things. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, um, like, there was a little while in America where, like, the infant mortality rate was so crazy that it screwed up the life expectancy. Yeah. That yeah. it was like, if you live past three, you're going to make it to 60. Yeah, yeah. But you're not going to live past three. Right. <laughs> and I think that's the thing in Tanzania. It's like because of child soldiers and because of Boko Haram and because of all the, like, uh, crazy things that they sure, do there. Sure, Like, you're not going to live past 17. But, eh, you get lucky, you you're going to 70, pal. Yeah. Good on you. It's that hazardous <laughs> lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other thing was, it was that, like, he was going, you got to understand that, we're talking about stealing, you know, and of course, and, and I mean, you'll get your shit stolen in a heartbeat yeah. over there. But, it's because they have to. Yeah. I mean, it's the only way to get over if you're not connected, you know. So, right. it's, it's kind of like... It, Brian was saying, he goes, if you're given the opportunity to take bribes and do things like that, and you don't, well, you're you're an idiot. Right. I right. mean, because the, it's the only shot you got. And there's no social system no, no. for the elderly. Oh, if you really? don't have family you're dead. to take care of you, yeah, you're, you're dead. You're That's dead. scary as hell. Yes. That's the, I think that's the main difference with like our country and so many others is that we have like programs to help to help old, elderly well, people. Well, you know, you figure most. I mean, from my, my understanding, the Asian culture is very big oh, on yeah. you just take them in. Right, right. Now we don't like to do that. No, we, we like put them somewhere. Put them in there, you know. Yeah. But uh, you know, many cultures. I think Asian. I think uh, uh, some of the European cultures. You just they you you the family's the family. Yeah, you and know, when, and when uh, you know, and uh, people just they don't have a big deal. I mean, hell, uh, I think a lot of uh, families in in Europe, in some European countries, you know, blended families live together. You know, yeah, yeah. you might have you might have a, a mom and dad that's pretty successful, and they they got a nice big enough house and da 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 that. Maybe their son and their daughter and their family live there too, right. and, or you know what I mean, or yeah. close on the same property, or you know, just yeah. really close. Which we, I think, we used to do that in America way back when. Yeah, back like, in the rural, when agriculture was the that, main yeah. way we made money. Yeah, yeah, you had like dynasties that were just had farms and they just stayed right. there forever. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, it, it it is a cultural difference. Like for some reason we. Like that's the rite of passage now, or you have to you have to leave the home. You have to go right. and make your own. Right. You know. but no, I think most. Uh, I think most um, Indians too. Indian. Yeah, I think most uh, de- democratic. I mean, I think most. Let's say democratic. Most societies that are uh, successful societies will just yeah. say, you know, the European countries that we think about, some of the Asian countries that. They, they take care of the elderly. They, yeah. you know, they don't just throw them to the wolves. Uh, but well, you in some of those African countries, that's, you know. Yeah. If you don't have family to take care of you, you're screwed. Yeah. You know. 
My theory is throw all the old people in a volcano. <laughs> that Scientology? You know? At a certain age. They get to a certain age, yeah. Well, you know, there's... You remember a movie called Logan's Run? Uh-huh. I heard about that. Yeah. Well, what was it, 35 or yeah. 40? Yeah. There was an age where... I mean, you should be older than that You're now. done. Yeah. Really? Yeah, you, they only allow you to live that long. Recycle. Yeah. Yes. Jeez. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's hardcore. Yeah. Because there had been Armageddon, and now there was the people that were left, and they it was a domed city, you oh, know, because yeah. you weren't supposed to. You couldn't. Limited there was radioactive, or whatever. You can't go outside of it, so it was... A, there was limited resources, and uh, you know, you just and everybody's young, and so everybody's young and beautiful. Right, right, right. Nobody gets married because you just make babies. Yeah, you, you don't sustain. The nobody population. has a baby yeah. anymore. It's all laboratory, and you know that sort of thing. Like interesting, movie. like our future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's getting scary. I don't know. I saw a thing like CRISPR, where they're able to yeah. genetically modify people's DNA now. Like, yeah, which is like the pros of it. They could like they yeah. could they could rid uh, certain diseases out. Right. But then, slope. but then you're selecting. <laughs> yeah, it's selective breeding and stuff with humans. Sure. Even yeah. more than that, because you're not even you're not even worried about who's breeding. Like now, you can just take the the embryos and like rearrange their cells, and you can like if you want. Oh, you want blue eyes? Oh, well, you know. The, I read this. Ar- I read this article about that that yeah. was talking about how wealthy. Wealthy people are going to, with medical technology and technology, are going to separate themselves aging-wise from the rest of the population. There's going to be a point where if you have enough money, you'll be able to live maybe indefinitely, but, but definitely for... For l- a really long time, that maybe exists, hundreds of years. That exists now, though. But if, you're no, if you don't have the money, you're still but, caught in that yeah. deal of you're going to make it to 80 or whatever. That's where we're at now, though. I mean, look, what you're saying is absolutely right. I, in the future, it's going to be an even bigger gap. It's going to be you're living to 500, whatever. Yes. But now, if, if, if you get sick and you're on... Medicaid or Obamacare, and it's four hundred dollars a month for your insurance, and then it's seventy five dollars to see a specialist. And but you're not going to take care of the small ailments. You die at sixty two. You yeah. die at whatever it is. If you have the money, you get rid of the thing. You have a tumor gone in a minute. You have a Magic Johnson gets rid of AIDS. Well, yeah. uh, uh, rich people get rid of diseases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. That's the big inequality, I think, probably more than anything else. You know, if people could well, just have their health. Oh, oh, pancreatic cancer—that's the big one. So yeah. If you're like a middle class person and you get pancreatic cancer, you're dead in a week. Yeah. Like in a week, my my friend's dad died of it. I saw someone else. Like you, you get it. You're dead. Alex Trebek beat it. Ruth Bader Ginsburg beat it. Yeah. And it's it's you're because they have enough. money. They can afford to. Yeah fight these things That's and it's right. just it's yeah all of a sudden like listen which, pancreatic cancer is a death sentence which, but these people are fine now yeah, fine yeah. come on which by the way i just had a uh a, a talk with my doctor last year and and i'm i my doctor is an anti-aging guy okay. we're, and so i'm super into that you know i'm 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 in i'm into staying fit and da, 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 as much as i can and, and being preemptive preemptive so I, I, I said, you know, I'm doing all this stuff, 
I really take care of myself. I watch it. I'm not fanatical about it, but you know. Yeah. But I said, liver cancer and pancreatic cancer. Every time, by the time you catch it, it's stage you're four, dead. and you're fucked. And I said, now don't tell me there's not some kind of mar something that you can do. And so he even said to me, he goes, well, you know, there's certain things we can look for in your blood work, you know. And, but he didn't really give me anything. So I did my own research on it. You know what I found out? What? There is something you can do. Sonogram. Yeah. And I just did it. I found it, and I brought it up to him. They do a lower abdominal sonogram of your kidney, your pancreas, your liver, and it can find a tumor in its very beginning. And so sonogram, there's no radiation. There's and you no, can, and, and you can tell four, what gender it and is. And it's 400 bucks. You can tell, and you tell the gender of the, yeah. And it's $400. You know, it's not... Not ex no two hundred dollars. Wow. It's not expensive. Yeah, it's not you expensive. can do it out of pocket. Yeah. You know, so so when That's I weird. found out about it, and now I've added that into my thing. I I do that. I do that every year now, and I've met a part few of your people. regular checkup. That's right. I throw that in there. You know, and so I went back to my doctor and I I told him about it. I said, what? He goes, yeah, yeah, you can do that. And yeah, it's good. And I said, is it expensive? He goes, no. And I said, why don't you tell me about that? He goes, well, one, I'm going to give you one piece of advice. You don't want to tell a doctor to tell you about every test you can possibly take. Right, because there There's insane. a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, now, pancreatic and liver cancer, according to him, he said, are rare cancers. Yeah. They're rare. Generally, but death sentences. Yes, and so generally we don't, you know, you're not looking for it unless there's a history of it in your family, you know. Right. So they're rare cancers. He goes, the reason I didn't bring that up to you is, okay, so you have a sonogram of that, and let's say we find something, we find a polyp, a growth yeah. in your pancreas. Now, we don't know what it is. We don't know if it's cancerous, if it's benign. We don't know if it's nothing, if it's something. We don't know. It's not big enough. There's nothing else going on that says that you have liver cancer, but there's a polyp there. Okay, now, going in and having a biopsy is not just a la-la-la procedure. Right, yeah. Yeah. It's Super a thing. expensive, probably. And he goes, so, he goes, now, what's the right thing to do? And not covered, probably. That's right. Well, he goes, what's the right thing to do with that? Keep an eye on it. Just keep it. You know it's there. Keep an eye keep on it. On. Now, if you're the kind of person that can know that there's a polyp or maybe a small growth in your pancreas or your liver and it not bother you day by day, it doesn't consume you, cool. You're a good, you're a good candidate for doing that. You can go, hey, we'll just watch it. If it starts to get bigger, if something changes, you know, we'll do something. But he goes, let me tell you something, Les. There's a lot of people out there that that would drive them mad. Yeah. It would drive them mad knowing that it's there. I can feel it. Knowing it's there. I can feel it's growing. They would constantly, it. yes, they would uh, just. Talk about like, is that my pancreas? <laughs> talk about like a placebo effect that it could have on you, too, where you just yeah. you blame everything on it. Like, yeah. I got Maybe. a headache. It must be the fucking cancer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. 
But you, get, you, get, you catch chlamydia, you're like, it hurts when I pee. I, it must be the pancreas. Yeah. Pancreatic like, cancer. <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you what, man, I'm doing that test. Yeah. You know. Yeah, uh, it's, it's starting to get there, though. Because, yeah, I mean. I had a, I had a thing, and this is, I think this is the separation that we're talking about it from, you know, I had a, I had a, a, a lesion on my tongue. Like, I want to be a professional comedian. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. you gotta, you got to nip that in the bud, pal. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Yes. It wasn't, the biopsy wasn't covered. What do you do? Yeah. I had to pay out of pocket. Because I'm, I got to find out about yeah. tongue cancer. Yeah. But the government was like, nah, you can have tongue cancer. We don't care if you have tongue cancer. <laughs> so crazy. It's unbelievable. How is that? It's a weird It's unbelievable. Thing. You know, I mean, <laughs> that's where that's where you you listen to Elizabeth Warren, you know, where she's she's going, you know, she's going originally from what I understand. She goes, I wasn't completely for going all the way on healthcare. on health care being being government, you know, being the, the you know, but she goes. I can't find anything redeeming about insurance companies. I can't find that insurance companies are doing anything but maximizing profits. Yep. You know, which it's brutal. You it's know, so brutal. But I, you know, I just hate the idea of it being all one way or the other. I think it, there needs to be some balance in there. Let me. Because even to go in all a single payer. It puts too much power on that end, okay. and it becomes weird, uh, probably. I'm not Medicaid. Yeah. Okay. The threshold is $13,000 a year. Like, if you make $13,000 a year, if you make $13,001 a year, you can't have Medicaid. You have to be a you have to single payer coverage. Right. So if I make, let's say I make $15,000 a year. And then I have to pay $400 a month for insurance, right? Because Medicaid doesn't cover it. So what? what's my total income now? $600 a month? Right. So I'm supposed to live, get back and forth to my job that pays me minimum wage, have a place to live, eat gas or whatever, public transportation, whatever, for this job this that pays me minimum wage, and then also afford my health insurance, and then, and God forbid, anything happens yeah. right and i have an eight thousand dollar deductible oh right i'm out i'm out of everything so where's my incentive as a young adult in america to join the workforce where's yeah. my incentive i would rather make nothing live at home or in squalor with some friends illegally sell whatever i can sell and be and make under thirteen thousand dollars, sure. So I can have the free health care, sure. Or we can make universal health care with a single payer option, which is what's been proposed all along. Right. So if you're a rich guy and you want to pay eight hundred dollars a month, pay eight hundred dollars a month. Yeah. But for the rest of us, we don't want to pay eight hundred dollars a month. You're automatically covered. Yeah. And then I have no excuse. I'm gonna work because yeah. I don't like living in squalor. Yeah. But I don't want. To be in debt to the, to the, to the hospital if anything goes wrong. Absolutely, and you know where yeah. else? That, you know where else that happens? A, a buddy of mine runs uh, a, a big uh, nightclub in Memphis, big, and they, they 
they have like 50, 60 employees. Okay. And Holy 25 shit. or 30 of those guys are working back in the kitchen. They're young, and a lot of them are, are young, black, Latino guys. And he goes, they're great workers. They're good guys. He goes, I'm paying them like 10 bucks an hour, 12 bucks an hour. Well, he goes, the lowest they he goes but they all, by the time they're – and, and and he goes, and he has some of them that are 15, 16, 17 years old. They all have two kids already. They've already knocked up one or two girls, right? By the time they're eight, so as soon as they turn 18, the girl's taking them to court that day to have their wages garnished. Yeah. Well, he goes, well, they're like, they're like, am I going to go bust my ass? Nope. For $12 an hour, and I only get to take eight of it home? Yeah. And I'm giving this woman that I that I don't even like. Yeah. And I have no relationship with the child. Yeah. That money. Or am I just going to go out on the streets and sell pot and drugs? And yeah. I don't. And he's like, most of these young guys don't really want to do that. They don't want that lifestyle. But they just made. The, they. They all get themselves in that. I mean, he said it's just an epidemic of it's a problem. I know, I know, I, I have buddies in jail, and they're, I know people who are just like, I'd rather be here because it's not that bad anymore. The central air, uh, you yeah. know, uh, you get three square meals, gym membership, health care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, or I could go back home. In the Bronx, not be able to afford the smallest apartment, not eat ramen, not have not have a TV or anything. Sure. And, sure. And, and You're setting up a culture of people yeah. that go, I am more comfortable and feel safer institutionalized. Right. I am much more comfortable in an institutionalized situation. And the and the I think the root of all of it. Yeah. Is that the the oligarchy here is content with their subjects feeling that way? Yeah, they don't feel bad yeah, for the guy who can't afford his cancer medicine. They don't feel bad for the guy who it's their got problem. someone pregnant at sixteen. Who, the kid would. None of you were fucking at 16? We're all fucking at 16. Yeah, yeah. That guy got unlucky. Yeah. It's just it's just outrageous. Well, if you're from a well, if you're from a family that's successful, even if you do that, it's taken care of one way or the one other. One way or the other, either she moves to a farm where, <laughs> you know what I mean, like uh -huh. she's visiting her aunt and uncle for the summer yeah. uh -huh. and then she comes back still a virgin. Right. <laughs> right. Or uh, or she or has a kid. Or it's her her aunt yeah. has a kid. Yeah. All of a sudden, you know what I mean? Like, right. I always whenever like there's a huge age gap. Like I'm ten years from my sister. Whenever there's a huge ga age gap like that, I'm always like, <laughs> that's not your mom. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like my friend's sixteen years younger than his sister, and I'm like. That's your mom, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's your sister's your mom. <laughs> Jesus. Christ. I'm like, your grandmother raised you. <laughs> that's dark as fuck. Exactly. Exactly. Sister mom. Yeah. yeah. And then my friend Chris, he has a, a younger brother, Sal. 
and he's yeah. 18 years younger than him or yeah. 16 years younger than him and I'm always like oh yeah your brother so <laughs> like, okay right that's believable <laughs> yeah, sure. right. yeah I don't know yeah well there's just always that you know as uh, always that part of society that just looks at any of that and goes well, just work hard and pull yourself up by your bootstraps, and you know there's there, there's plenty of there's plenty of opportunity out there for you. You I, should be able to do it. I just posted a me- I just made a meme. You know, I just made a meme, and it was it was uh, their generation. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Our generation, and it was a pair of bootstraps that cost twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They just expect you to work your way out of it, no problem. Just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Like, but, yeah, uh, your college, yeah. our college educations were $150,000. And then when we got out of college, there weren't jobs in the fields we went to college for. Right. <laughs> How, what are we supposed right. to do? Well, and two, even with the fact that, you know, I know I was just did a thing for the Home Builders Association. And guy that got up and spoke was the regional president of the thing. He said, we have got to start educating parents that their kids don't need to go to college to be successful. He said, I got drywallers that own two homes. You know, he goes, you know, a a skilled laborer can make a really nice living, you know. Yeah. And... Uh, and and in a lot of cases do better than someone with a college degree. In a, a whole lot of cases do better than someone with a college degree. And you show and me someone with a college degree that works in the field that they got a college degree in. Outside of lawyer and doctor, yeah. if you have a college degree in like psychology or sociology, you're a teacher. Uh, if you have a college degree in whatever, finance, you're a you know, you work. Uh, you work Seven Eleven. Like yeah, yeah, you work at a, a, a startup, a, yeah. a, a, a right. internet startup. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's absurd. Well, you really, you know, nowadays it's and like you, and I've seen this several times. People talk about you want to train kids when when you're going for that type of degree. There should be a, unless they go. If you're coming from a wealthy family, fine, go get a liberal arts. Do, yeah, do whatever you want. Right. You know, liberal arts educations are great. You can be creative and donna. But if you're not, you need to have a dollar figure on the back of your degree that is going to pay for that degree and and create a nice lifestyle for you. Or yeah. don't go, don't do it. You know. Yeah. But uh, but you know the thing is, is that again, you've got asking- you've got you've got kids that come from that come from uh, uh, low income backgrounds that they don't have adults around them that can advise them and help them and show them where to go they're lost you're you know that pulling you kids, up by the bootstraps you're thing. asking you're kids lost. that you don't trust with a vote you don't trust to buy tobacco you don't trust to buy alcohol you don't trust to watch an r-rated movie to to rent porn you don't trust them to do any of these things but then you have to but those kids have to make a decision that their whole life is based on yeah. What are you going to college for? What are you, what are you going to do? Yeah. And it's like, yo, man, I, don't, I can't even sign on to Pornhub. Yeah. What you want to know? When I was, when I, I was seven, I off to. I'm supposed to know what I'm going right. to be for the rest of my life. When I was a senior in high school, so I was 17 years old, and I had a sociology class, an elective, and the guy that taught it, Mr. Fields, he was a good teacher, a cool guy. 
but he got up there in front of the class, you know, one of the in, within the first week or two, and he goes, "All right, everybody in this class are seniors. You're all seniors. You're getting ready to graduate from high school. At this point in your life, you should have a good idea about where you're headed and what you want to do." And I raised my hand and I said, "Mr. Fields." Let me tell you something, man. Here's what I know. I know I don't want to work in a short order restaurant as a cook. I know I don't want to work on a railroad spiking ties. I know I don't want to work construction. You want to know why I know that? Because those are the three jobs I've had in my life. And I don't want to do any one of those three jobs. I'm sure of that. Now, beyond that, how am I supposed to know what the hell I'm supposed to do at this point? I have, I've had no, I've had no experience, you know. And he, 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 he agreed with me, you know. And you know what I think, and I love, I love that Germany does this, and and they proposed it here. I Get love the, the idea of no, 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 no. I love the idea that. In Germany, when you graduate from high school, you have to do two years of service, government service. Now, you can do that in the military, or you can do it in a lot of different areas, areas of social service. But you give two years to, the, to, the, to, to that. Now, what that does is, and, these, and, and they've got youth hostels for these guys to live in, you know what I mean? Teach You're getting value. paid. Yeah. So what it does is it takes those years of 18 to 20 where you've got time to grow up. You've got time to go out and see what it's like to be a, an adult, hold down a job, you know, play around with some different things, see what's out there before you're just thrown into it. You gotta make a decision. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. And and I just think that would be a wonderful thing to have here. I mean, you know, Clinton started that AmeriCorps thing. Right. You know, but it's it's not that's all that's mm. most you have to be you have to be from a but wealthy as soon as, background. Do you? As soon yeah. as I mean you say, that, they don't say that, but Ducks who's doing that is like uh, but as soon as you say, like, it's not inner city kids. Yeah, you're going to George Washington University, and then you go into AmeriCorps. You're not, uh, you're not coming off of uh, Phoenix West University. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. right. Well, right. I think that would work, except from the fact that it's just mandatory, and I think that it should be. But I think that that would just like it just would never work here because of the simple word that's mandatory. You know what that, I, mean? I mean, to me, people will be like they freak out about that idea what that about, things are that, that things that you have to do things. You know, we're in America, yeah. it's freedom. But no, you. But what about like an opt out? Like everyone has to do two years of whatever, and then in return, universal health care. You well, don't want to do it. You and don't want to do it. Don't do it. That's right. Single payer. Well, and I, and I so think rich people cannot do it, and lazy people cannot do right. it, and then everyone else can do it. And I, I wouldn't even have a problem with that. That two years of service. If you were, let's just say that you're gifted some way. You know right. what I mean? You're really sharp in some something that you're heading in a direction with. You know, you're straight A student, blah, 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 blah. And, and you go, you might let them say, do go in that direction as long as they're. But, you know, I mean, I don't have a problem with something like that. I think it would work. You know, and uh, the, to. Back to the healthcare thing, like I was thinking, how many people would be willing to do 
the short order cook or the driving or the, the construction job if if their health insurance was covered if they got great coverage you know what i mean because that's like the scariest thing ever is death uh or, or a short life right but if we had like if we were taken care of and we had amazing health care don't you think that would i don't know i think people would be more willing to do those shitty jobs because they're taken care of in the long run rather well than i mean they don't have the yacht but still like, well, i mean that would be i mean that's what we see and when you go to when you see when you talk to people that live in france and spain and germany and italy and places where they have that in canada yeah. or whatever and that now granted they pay a shitload of taxes sure to they 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 pay a lot we pay a, we lot pay of a shitload of taxes we do pay a shitload of taxes yeah we do yeah <laughs> Yeah, we do. We pay we a do. shitload of taxes, and we pay a shitload for insurance, and we get. It's a joke what the interest in this country is like. The banks just steal from you hand over fist. Yeah. And, and I mean, I was just in Spain, and uh, and some friends of mine just recently moved there, but they were talking about they going, you're on vacation in Spain, and. You have to go to the hospital for some reason. You get the same health care as an American going into a hospital as the Spanish person gets. Yeah. You get the same health care. For, for, and, and go, you could go into a hospital, you know, let's just say, uh, uh, you know, say you had an episode and, and uh, you passed out or something and they put you in a hospital, they check you out. And because then you're you're 50, so they're not sure if maybe it was a heart attack or a stroke. So you want to check all that out, da da. Make sure that you're okay. So they do that, and you're in there for maybe a day or two, and yeah. then everything's okay. Worked out, everything was okay. You were dehydrated, blah blah blah. They let you go. Now in America, you would have probably a twenty or thirty thousand dollar hospital bill. Which is insane. Is what you would have. In Spain, you it would probably be a a couple of hundred dollars, if that. If that. You so know, I and... Was, I was on tour in Germany in 2001 or two, and our guitar tech got sick. He, he had an ingrown hair that became infected in his back, in his spine, so it affected his walking. He needed to be rushed to the hospital from the venue. We took him from the venue to the hospital in an ambulance. He got operated on emergency there, and then he had to take public transportation two days later to meet us in Prague or wherever the F we were. Nine dollars. That's amazing. They charged him nine dollars. Nine American dollars. That's amazing. Are you kidding me? That's how it should be, I think. I don't know. Well, it should, the, they can do sick. it. I'll fly to they Germany. Do it, they do it in these other countries. <laughs> Why you know, are we doing it here? Every time, and you've obviously traveled in a lot, too, in Europe. Yeah. And you go... Whenever I go there and come back here, what always hits me is it's striking that you realize there's certain things that we do in America better than they do in Europe. And there's certain things they do in Europe better than we do. They're, why can't we blend these cultures? You know, if you did, you just have the most wonderful culture i think it's greed it's that like the people at the top want the best treatment they want the best service when you can go to a restaurant and explain it right there like, did you guys see the new bill burr special yet no i no. haven't seen that yet we want to do a watch party he says uh 
I'm not ruining anything or spoiling anything. He just at one point he says, "The country's too big. How can you expect the people in Scotland to have the same opinions as the people in Hungary?" That's the distance between Utah and Jersey, and yeah. you want them to have. Yeah. yeah. This, we have to have the same. We have to believe in the same things. We have to have the same. Yeah. Laws and regular. It's not. It's an impossibility. We're different people. Yeah. Uh, but we can agree that nine dollars for emergency surgery is pretty fucking sweet, right? Dude. Like I think we can all agree on that. I think he's getting ready to wrap up. When as soon as he does, I'll I'll just I'll just holler at you. Come on yeah. now. All right. Are we? Do we just yeah. end? That's it. Let's wrap it. Fuck it. Thanks for being on, Neil. <laughs> do you want to? You got any shows coming up? You want to pitch or? Uh, uh, no, I'm here. And then. It's in Florida. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm doing uh, I don't know, plug other Cubs. That'd yeah, be weird. Okay, yeah. I'm in Laughing at the end of October. I'm at Side Splitters the beginning of November. Yeah. Uh, you know, hopefully back here next quarter. <laughs> um, Instagram, anything? Oh yeah, YouTube, man. Find me on YouTube if you. YouTube, think, Neil if you, Rubenstein. If you think I'm funny at all, find me on YouTube. What is your YouTube thing? It's Neil Rubenstein reviews it, but I think if you just put in my name, you can find it pretty easy. Uh, I post a lot of videos, so I'm like high up in the in the search. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's cool. that's that's what I push. Yeah. Trying to trying to make that skrilla. The skrilla. S- that that guac. The guac. I want that guac. That bread. Said. All right. All right. Thanks, man. Hey, thanks for listening to yet another episode of the Conversation Podcast here at McCurdy's Comedy Theater. Go to our website, McCurdy'sComedy.com, to check out all of our upcoming shows and events and special events. we got a lot of great things coming up. Also, if you liked Rob Little, check him out at RobLittle.com or follow him on Instagram at RobLittleComedy or Twitter at RobLittleComic. And if you liked Neil, please check his Instagram out at Neil Rubenstein. That's N-E-I-L-R-U-B-E-N-S-T-E-I-N. And he also has a YouTube channel called Neil Rubenstein Reviews It. Very, very funny guy. Both of them are very funny. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this. And we'll see you next time. Thanks.